Go to Matthew 6 if you have a Bible. Matthew 6, what'd you sit down for? Matthew 6. <clears throat> Matthew 6. What is commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Matthew 6, commonly referred to as the Lord's Prayer. I hope you brought a notebook. I hope you've got the book. What, what are we using tonight? God's divine calendar? Hmm? Do you have it? I can't hear you. Yeah, I would say. They're in the foyers. Would somebody please come tell me what's going on? We sold, we sold out last week. We sold out last week. We got some more in. And if you, if you watched on Instagram, I told you to get yours on the way in the building tonight, but that's okay. I know you're in a hurry. Get out there and get those sliders. We had sliders tonight, didn't we? What, what else did we have? Pumpkin something. Pumpkin cookies. And apple cider. And I didn't get nothing. Nothing. Where are these people? Y'all hurry up, I'm waiting. Thank you. If it takes that long to go that way, come this way. Hallelujah. 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 The Lord's Prayer. Actually, not the Lord's Prayer. It's actually the disciples' prayer, is it not? They came to Jesus, said, Lord, teach us to pray. Why did they need to be taught? Why weren't they just preached to? Because the God designed so that the only thing that would destroy doubt and unbelief is teaching. And over the last 30 years, I've watched and experienced that the church has gone away from teaching. Uh, we have been the midwives to the birth of an entire generation of air quote believers who are ill-equipped to engage the culture and therefore unwilling to fight the adversary for their king to establish the kingdom. Now, I just said a whole lot. And uh, sometimes we got too much show and no go. I, I had one of those. I, I, I first... I first uh, when I went to Bible college, I bought myself a brand new uh, Trans Am, fire engine red, big eagle on the front of it, jacked up in the back with hijackers, Craig or chrome wheels. They said, you'll never make a preacher. And uh, it looked good had 400 cubic inches, but it's only turning about 310 
horsepower. So it's all show and no go. You understand? Yeah. Uh, and the church has a lot of show and no go. How many souls we won? How many souls we won? Is it a secret? There you go. Since January 1st, in the altar, 10,831 souls by the blood. Somebody thank God for that. So we go back, we go back to basics a little bit on Wednesday night. So we go back to the disciples' prayer. They came to Jesus, said, teach us to pray. Because only teaching can destroy doubt and unbelief. However, if you have too much teaching, that's what you call heaping teachers under themselves having itching ears. Why? When you're my age, questions haunt you. Say, questions haunt him. You can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. You can't just take everything tweeted at face value or a 60-second Instagram post as gospel because you have to interpret the Bible by all the rest of the Bible. Did you understand what I said? So you can't just read the Bible. You've got to read the Bible. So you see a whole lot more uncovered here when you decide to discover. I said you have a whole lot uncovered when you decide to discover instead of being entertained. Now, if you want to be entertained, I can entertain you. I can tell you a story about a dog make a cat cry if that's what you want, but you would leave unchanged. Mm -hmm. You would come in with sin and go out with sin if we heaped teaching, if we had too much teaching. But in the apostolic role that God has delivered into my life, I have to gauge things. And right now there is, there is a famine for teaching. People don't know anything. They know how to shout. They know how to shuck. They know how to jive. They know how to dust their shoes but they don't know anything. So they have to once again be taught. Are you with me? So don't heap under yourselves teaching, having itching ears. The reason they do that is because the teaching gift is the only one of the fivefold ministry office gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, which are not all of the gifts of the Holy Ghost. There are nine other ones and then there are 12 other ones because they are ministry gifts, manifestation gifts, and motivational gifts. They're in three different chapters in your Bible. Why don't you try to find them this week? All right, the reason folks heap teachers and they did that for a long period of time, that was in the 90s, uh, 80s, mid 80s to 90s. Uh, after the 90s, uh, the preaching gift began to be exalted, which is mainly to be used for calling people into the kingdom of God. That's what it's mainly to be used for. He, he desired through the foolishness of preaching that he would bring people into the kingdom of God. Has nothing to do with how ra you raise your voice or how exuberant you, has to do with the material you're dealing with. That's what separates preaching and teaching. But if you heap unto yourselves teachers, you do that because teaching 
is only one of the fivefold ministry office gifts that does not have inherently within it the ability to convict the heart of sin. So that's how you have huge churches where the devil is running loose and fancy free, including the preacher and the organ player and people on the platform, because all they have is teaching. That's what you get in churches where they say sin is never mentioned here. Well, sin's never mentioned because you're heaping teachers. And every local body should be the representation of the worldwide body. You're not hearing a word I'm saying. I said every local assembly, if it is ordained by God, should have within it functioning all five fivefold ministry office gifts. It should have all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit in manifestation in it. It should also have all 12 motivational gifts in operation in it. The problem is we think the only gift is preaching, singing, playing. But, but that's, that's not the reality. Are you with me so far? Are you tracking? So they came to Jesus and they said, what? I've, I've told you three times. I'm an audience participation teacher. You, you don't talk, I don't talk. They said to Jesus, Lord, Jesus top of your lungs, Lord, Jesus there you go. Shove your neighbor and say, good job. good job. You found your voice, which is exactly what believers need to do, exactly what the church needs to do, because you've been silent for entirely too long. Silence is a language of what? Are you defeated? So show me you're not defeated. Are you in authority? Then show me you're in authority. Do you have freedom? Then show me you have freedom because the truth made you free. All right, so here we go. So Jesus said unto them, pray after this manner. You know it, so say it with me. Our Father. The first thing you notice is the first word, our. Our, what does that mean? Again, you can't just read the Bible, you gotta read the Bible. Who's talking? Jesus. We know the Father is his Father, but in this moment, the Lamb of God, watch me, slain from before the foundation of the world. Say, before the foundation of the world. What we're celebrating today, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, after 10 days of awe, of consecration, dedication, sanctification, introspection, and the unveiling of ourselves to ourselves, ah, which began on Rosh Hashanah. Huh? It's all in the book, just read it. Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the year on what I believe the ninth of Tishri, the month of Tishri, on the Hebrew calendar, God's celestial calendar. God has a watch. It does not hang on his wrist, but rather he hung the world on it. You didn't hear me. Because Job said, how big is your God? He hung the earth on nothing. 
That's how big your God is. He stood on nothing because there was nothing to stand on. Spoke words that there wasn't anybody to hear. If a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? The answer is yes. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? The chicken. God created everything in adult form. That Bible answers every question you will ever have. Just start asking questions. How you doing, doctor? Wonderful to see you. Say our. our. So what happened in that moment, preacher? Let me tell you what happened. Jesus, who was slain before, I'm going somewhere, before the foundation of the world. When was Jesus slain? 2,000 years ago. Wrong. Wrong. He was not slain 2,000 years ago. There was an earthly manifestation of something that happened before the beginning of the world. Now, I, I, gotta, I gotta drive this home to you. Say, the beginning of the world. Because what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm making a distinction between natural law and spiritual reality. Because if you're ever gonna believe in miracles, you have to believe in the God of miracles. And if you don't understand who, what the God of miracles is, you think it was Jesus walking the earth. That was a physical manifestation in three dimensions out of four dimensions so that you could get a glimpse in three dimensions of who your God is. Because your God is bigger than you. Now I love people that tell you you're a little God, but I have an issue with that. It's not theologically correct. You are not a little God. What is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him. Thou hast crowned him with glory and honor and made him a little lower than, your Bible says, angels. That's a horrible translation. It's the word Yahweh. It's the word God. So God made man how? Go, go ahead, talk. God made man how? Thank you. Somebody's getting mad at me. Huh? I said he made man a little lower than God. The moment you think you're on God's level. He will inform you you a worm. Looking at a man. Because that's how he demonstrated it when he sent his only begotten son. He said, I am, I am lower than a worm. So for you to be identified with who and what God the Father is would be the same as a worm to be what you are. I'm trying to tell you because we have a secular humanistic gospel. I'm trying to tell you God is bigger than you. No, no, 
God is bigger than you. Greater than you, higher than you, broader than you, wider than you, deeper than you, more powerful than you, because he is omniscient and you are not. He is omnipotent and you are not. He is omnipresent and you are not. And neither was Jesus. Now you're disconnected from me, see. You might as well be seated. I can tell you're getting tired of standing there. Somebody shout. Okay, that was pretty good for your body. Now let your spirit shout. Come on, get in touch with something other than your mind and your flesh. You're a spirit. You're a spirit, man, and God is that spirit. You are not him, but he lives inside you. <laughs> Woo! How you doing, Professor Sams? All right, you and Elder Canfield and all you, Pastor Tim, all you theologians, you keep an eye on me. Make sure I've got it straight. Our Father. I am born of my father in the natural, but I am not my father. You are born of your father through the incorruptible seed of the word of God, which in the beginning was with God, and in the beginning was God. You are born of that word. Are you with me? You are born again of that spirit but you are first generation. I'm a, we, we call it in the horse business, we call it an own son. Pastor Chris could tell us if they do that in the horse or the dog business as well. But in the horse business, if you're selling a son, a direct line blood son, that's called an own son meaning it's first generation from whatever stud that was. Whatever male horse that was, doesn't really matter what the mare was. Because all, that's all time was to Father God. Because right now what's happening is Father God, the Ancient of Days, has conceived in the womb of Mother Time the child of his old age. Okay. At least you brave enough to ask. I said, Father God has conceived in the womb of Mother Time the child of his old age. Old age, we're in the last days. He is conceived in the womb of Mother Time because time was not made for God, neither does he exist in time. So your father has always been, or else he could not always be. I said your father has always been else he could not always be. 
Bible said he was without mother, genealogy, beginning of days, end of life. That's who he is. So if you can figure out his pattern of behavior yesterday, you can know what to expect tomorrow because he never changes. You change, he doesn't change. That's the reason autistic folks have a difficult time understanding you, but they don't have a hard time understanding inanimate objects. Why? Because you're always different. You're always changing. Sometimes you yell when you're happy, but sometimes you yell when you're mad. So they can't differentiate between those. There are also autistic believers. Number one, they can't reason. Number two, they forgot that part. Come let us reason together. All they want is to be hyped. They, they want to get in a euphoric high. Are you with me? They want to learn anything. I said they don't want to learn anything. But that's not you. I said, that's not you. So Jesus, right, who in the beginning was with the Father, right? And I'm, I'm not going to get into the Trinity with you again. If I haven't made that crystal clear to you, you haven't been listening. There is a Trinity. God is three parts. They all agree in one. Just the same as you exist in three dimensions. However, God chose to reveal himself. God chose. God chose to reveal himself to us. Not in totality. But so that we whom he had created in three dimensions could get a glimpse of him. Just look at somebody and say, there's more to him than you know. Because I'm, I'm gonna make a statement right there now that may shatter some of your religious cows. Right? And then I'll do what Moses made Israel do, grind that thing down to powder, take that gold dust and sprinkle it in water and make them drink it. Because that's where idolatry comes from, the inside. God was saying to him, don't be, don't be looking out there. It's not that thing you chose to worship. You backslid when you decided in your heart to let your heart depart from me. That's the reason adultery physically is an outgrowth of a spiritual deficiency. You backslid way before you left home. The prodigal son didn't, didn't backslide the day he left home. He backslid when he began to contemplate on that thing. That's another message. Are you, are you following with me right now? So Jesus, get this, Pastor. So Jesus, who in the beginning was with God, in fact, who was slain before the foundation of the world. Now that'll freak you out. Not in imagery. He was slain before the foundation of the world. Time catches up with God. God does not catch up with time. Tweet that. 
They should have caught it the first time. Okay, it's good to see you. Uh, so Jesus, when was he slain? Oh, 2,000 years ago, no. He was slain, so if that was true, then, you, then I was healed when the doctor said to me, there's no more cancer in your body. That's not what he said to me. He said, there's no more cancer in your body, but that's not when I was healed. I was not healed 2,000 years ago. I was healed before the foundation of the world. It was my faith in time that caught up with what God, who is not bound by time, had already done. Sorry, let me drink water. Hallelujah, it'll come back. Does that when I yawn too. Be seated. It just quits working for a minute. And I waited out. When was Jesus slain? For the foundation of the world. When were you healed? So when it manifests here on earth in the natural in three dimensions, it's just time catching up with God. That'll build your faith. That'll make you not look at things which are seen, but things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal and subject to change. If you can see it, taste it, touch it, feel it, smell it, it can change. Mm. So he's slain before the foundation of the world. And he says to his disciples, pray out to this manner, our Father. So what's he doing? What's he doing? He's taking the natural, and the first thing he's doing is connecting it to the supernatural. And he is identifying you as his own son, even as Jesus was his own son. Jesus is not your father, he's your brother. He's your own brother. And God makes no differentiation between his children. The problem with the incarnation was very simple. God only left him here 33 and a half years to do his work, shed his atoning blood, go into hell, dethrone principalities and powers, come back out of there, show himself to his disciples for 40 days or so, and told them, don't touch me. Why? I've not yet gone back to the Father. Yeah, I can't get into that. I've not yet gone back to the Father, don't touch me. What's he saying? I've already been transformed. And what you are can't touch me now. Now you could touch me before, but you can't touch me now. <laughs> so he says, pray after this minute, our Father, say Jesus, identified with me. 
So the problem with the incarnation was God did not want you to fixate on a natural manifestation of who he is. Because that's not all he is. Because Jesus was all man, same as he was all God. But while he was on earth, he was not omnipresent, was he? And neither are you, yet. God is that spirit. No, he fills all in all, right? So our Father, which art where? In the realm of the spirit. He's not talking about a physical location there. That's not what he's talking about. Our Father, which art in, watch this, breath. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed, sanctified, set apart, other. Say, his name is other. His name is not like your name. His name is not, not, not like any other name. And he didn't say in this context, he didn't say my name. He said your name. Our, who's talking? Jesus. He's saying, pray after this manner. When you're a man, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in the realm of the Spirit, not here. Hallowed be thy name. Now, I did give Jesus a name above every name. In this world. So I gave him a name above every name in this world. But the name of God is yod Hey wah Not Vav. Vav is okay. It's just a much, much, much later translation of the original consonants in the tetragrammaton. Sorry. Okay, there it is. So that's a tetragrammaton. Which, which, which Josephus, the great historian, we look at these and we see what? Vowels are consonants. We see consonants. But not so in Hebrew. Josephus said these are representation not only of vowels, but of present progressive tense vowels. So we were not saved. We're being saved. You were not healed because that would bind healing to time and space. And healing is not bound to time and space because healing is the healer and he is bound by nothing. He's not bound by death. The ultimate adversary of all humanity and all flesh. Do you know what God said? In every living thing is the breath of God. He doesn't breathe out. A bumblebee doesn't breathe in. When are we going to realize we're here?
at the pleasure of God. He is not here at our pleasure. That's hard to make a self-indulgent, self-satisfied, self-seeking, user-friendly. It's all about me, believer. They'll fall off their pews. You get to talking about that. Well, I thought God was for me. No, you're for God. He is the breath of every living thing. He is the Ruach. He is the wind. You can't see him coming. You don't know where he came from. You don't know where he's going, but you know when he's there. Because there are effects. Are y'all doing all right or are you bored? All right. I'll try to hurry. Our Father, which art in heaven, Yes? What did I do? Who did? Oh, somebody said, slow down. You trying to write? Yeah, we're trying to write. No. Okay. You go to the MRCs, get everything you want. Anything you want. The ministry resource centers. You get all the products you want. Yeah, all of it. Just take it. Hallelujah. The rest of you paid double. Here we go. Do you love the Word? Do you love the Word? Do you love the meat of the Word? Are you growing thereby? All right. Sorry. Sorry they made me do 10 television shows today. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Sanctified, set apart, other. The name of God is other. And there are not just one of them. But they all begin with a tetragrammaton. They all begin with yod Hey wah Hey. Okay? That, that's where they begin. Out of that comes Yahweh. Out of that comes Jehovah. In that book, I give you 50 Jehovah names of God. 50, not five. Because everybody knows these. Jehovah Rapha. What, what is that? Our healer. Uh, Jehovah Shalom. Peace. Jehovah uh, Rohi. In Hebrew, that's Rodney. Shepherd. Uh, Jehovah Makedesh. Jehovah Sidkenu. Uh, Jehovah Nisi. A banner of victory. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Yireh. Our provider. That, that's about the most folks know. What about uh, Jehovah Isus Hagaboth? The Lord God, strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Woo! The Lord of the angel armies. Hallelujah! Woo! You can run the devil off with his name. I, I promise you. So, 
then you get Yahweh. Here's, here's the important thing just to, just to bring you up. Okay, so they are not, in, in, our, in our vernacular, don't go splitting hairs with me, they are not consonants, they are vowels, according to Josephus, who probably knows more than you. Okay, because they are spoken with air. English vowels are the same. What are your vowels? Say them out loud, loud and strong. Just let everybody know you were listening in the third grade. Go. One more time. Did your tongue ever touch the roof of your mouth? Did your lips ever close? Why? They are the guttural sounds. They are sounds that are made with only air. There's no t -t -t. Are you with me? What is that? Well, what those actually are, are the four winds of God. Don't have time. The four winds of God. Look it up. Study it. There are four winds of God. They are all in his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. We forgive those who sinned against us. Let us not fall into temptation because God leads no man into temptation. It's a horrible translation. Let us not fall into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. If you come on Sunday morning, I'm going to tell you where evil came from. Precious lady in this church came for me to pray with her today because she and her husband had a miscarriage. Well, what's the first question that would come into your mind as a mother? How could God let this happen? And don't be sitting there with your halo all crooked on your horns like you never asked that question. Because you may not have asked a lot of questions, but I promise you, you asked that one. How could you? And if you haven't, you haven't lived very long. God is beyond you. And the sooner you get that through your little pea brain, the better with your 180 IQ because you still got a pea brain compared to God's. His ways are not your ways. Stop attempting to use the word of God to be God's manipulator. He will not be manipulated. Isn't that good? That's good, Jesus, thank you. Where was I? You got a pea brain, that's all you heard. <laughs> You're not God. I know I'm driving on it, but since ain't nobody saying it, 
And everybody's saying you a little you you a little God, so then you identify God as you, or you identify him as a man, you identify and you interpret God by what you see. Well, I don't know if God would do a miracle because I've never seen one. Besides that, God doesn't do miracles, God is miracle. That's what he is. A miracle is not something special. A miracle is just God being God. Uh, woo! Woo! Ah. Ah. Agnostics and atheists don't believe in miracles. Believers believe in them, and we all want them. Yes? Yes? But they're not some secret thing that God only does under certain circumstances. If you hold your tongue right and you make the right confessions and you do it and you give your body to be burned and you cannot buy a miracle from God. All you can learn to do is step into what's already flowing. I'm trying. Are you doing okay? Are you doing okay? Okay. So, so, in the beginning, God, Genesis 1, 1 and 2, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, darkness upon the face of the deep. I didn't mean to talk about your life. <laughs> And the what? The Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So folks often ask the question, is a miracle, is a miracle the violation of natural law? Because science will tell you that a miracle is a violation of natural law. And so Christians shrink back because uh, they are bowing their knee to intellectual dishonesty. It's not true. Because science will prove to you that God exists. Hebrews eleven six. He that comes to God must believe first of all that God is. Say God is. God is. I may be sick, but God is. Yeah. I may not have an answer, but God is. Unless you settle it that God is. I want to run. God is. Not Jesus hanging on a cross is. God is. The problem with the incarnation is that God does not want you to fixate on the physical manifestation 
in three dimensions of God revealing himself to you. He chose to reveal himself to you that way because he made you that way. God made you in three dimensions a little lower than himself. So what does that mean? God does not exist in three dimensions. He exists in at least four dimensions. Else you would be God. You are a spirit, a soul, and a body. God is a father, a son, and a holy God. Not going back over that ground. Are y'all all right? Some of you weren't here to get it. You'll have to get past teachings. So science comes together and science begins to map out the universe. Right? And they do a good job. I mean, they do a good job at what they do. They can map natural things. They can understand most of everything in nature or the natural world by things like quantum field theory, which is the mapping of the universe mathematically. Are you okay? Okay, watch this. So they say, all right, if we can map the expansion of the universe, which is still going on in every direction, dimensions we do not understand, but we know they're there, the universe is expanding in every direction, on every plane, and in every uh, dimension. I'll say it that way to you. And it is expanding at 186,000 miles a second. Because God said, light be. He actually said, let there be light. So it is impossible for light to stop expanding exponentially against itself in every direction unless the creator behind the creation says light stop. Right now, those words, let there be. are reverberating through the entire quantum field. That's what science will tell you. You get cancer in your body, you know what they're going to want to do to you? They're going to want to use light. Radiation. To destroy that thing. Because light destroys all darkness. doesn't it? Let there be. It's still going. 
Do you know why? Because nothing God ever created did he ever take his hand off of. That's the reason Ezekiel said, what God does, he does forever. Don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you that sickness, that affliction will arise a second time. No, it will not. What God does, he does for. I'm gonna run. So they map the thing, right? They started at something called the Big Bang. It was like one of my favorite TV shows, still is. I think Shelton's Austin. The little Shelton thing. I'm interested in it because the depiction of those characters are almost exclusively of autism spectrum disorder people. Watch it the next time you'll see. So they start, Professor Sam's, with something called the Big Bang. Cool. You want Big Bang? I don't mind. That helps you. However you want to understand it, I don't mind. Because something happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. Look at your Bible. Put it up there. Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-2, put it up there. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, period. Right? Next verse. And the earth was without form. Stop. God does not create things without form. God does not create things void. He does not create darkness upon the face of the deep. That's not how things are created by God. He doesn't create chaos. He doesn't create confusion. He doesn't author it. He doesn't initiate it. Okay, I'll hurry. Say the word initiate. initiate. Say Jehovah Barah. Say Jehovah Barah, B-A-R-A, Jehovah Barah, because that's who's talked about here in the first chapters of Genesis. It is the God who creates. However, there are two, as I understand it, two different words for the word that is translated in English, create. One of them deals with creating something from previously existing material. That is not this one. This one, bara, is to create something from nothing. <laughs> so they map time all the way back. So the question is, how far back to the beginning can you map it? I get it, you're getting it this way. I get it. 
You know what's happening. You can map it all out mathematically. I got it. But now, my question is, if you go with those same theories backward, how far back can you go? To the beginning. Or what you say was the Big Bang, and that's where everything came from. Like, everything just blew up, and it all came back together perfect. Okay. Okay. So, boom. So, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back, we're going back. How far back to the beginning can you get? Or what is commonly referred to as T time equals zero. So, the beginning of time. How far back can you go? They can go back to minus 33 <laughs> 10 to the minus 33rd power. Or they can go back one millionth of one billionth of one billionth of one billionth after the bang. So then, why don't your theories work going to T equals zero? Because you're not there yet. And do you know what the reality is? If you ever went to science class, you should know. The reality is every theory, every mathematical equation, every assumption falls straight apart and to the ground at one millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth of a second before time, as they call time, began. So you ask the question, was there quantum field theory before the Big Bang? Don't know. Okay, was there time before T equals zero? Don't know. Can't get to T equals zero. Of course you can. Because time was created from nothing except before there was quantum field theory, before there was ever a mathematical calculation, before there was a scientist with a goatee and black rim glasses and a pipe with a wreath of smoke circling his balding head. Before. There was Jehovah Barah. And all he did was speak. Because in his speaking is his wind. You didn't hear a word I just said and your life would have just changed forever. I said when he speaks,
his wind nature is is a is a secular term nature is not a spiritual nor scriptural term Creation is a spiritual term where God says, I am God, and when I speak my word, my breath, my ruach is released. And because my words are spirit and they are life, when they are spoken, nature has to bend and bow. Shut up, peace, be still to the wind and the wave. Stop, sun, in the sky. My servant has to have a couple more hours to win this natural battle. And I am the God behind, before, above, beneath, anything you could ever imagine. He's bigger than you believed. He's bigger than you perceived. He's bigger than you've ever conceived. I slipped one in on you there you didn't even catch. I said he's bigger than you believed. If you think only your faith moves God, you're a humanist. Faith does move God, but it's not the only thing that moves God. That young man sitting right over there, whose family and he worshiped devils their whole life, and he started coming to this church, and he wouldn't believe in anything. But y'all about to have crazy. But his wife wanted him to keep coming. So a few weeks after that, she walks in. He's laid out in the middle of the bedroom floor, rolling back and forth, speaking in tongues, born again, and has witnessed his faith to every single person he runs into for the last three months. Science can explain what science understands which is the natural world. But behind it all, standing back yonder grinning. Woo! Is the God who created it all and reserves the right to change anything in it he wants to. He revealed himself to Abram that way. He had been known, you can be seated, I'm done. He had been known. As Yahweh, El Shaddai. He became known, he revealed himself to Abraham as El Shaddai. He had been known, never known by that name. But when he revealed himself to Abram 
as El Shaddai. When Sarah's 90 and he's 100, and God says she's going to conceive. Ooh, somebody's dream's about to be conceived. Ooh. Ooh. You say, but it's not natural. It's not natural for a man to spend three days in a grave and come back out either. But he did. So he said, Elder, to Abraham, to Abram, changed his name from Abram to Abraham using the hey. Yod hey, wah hey. So he changed his name from Abram to Abraham and said, I'm with you and told Sarah, there's nothing impossible with me, but I got nothing but a, but a dust filled womb and dried up paps. He said, yeah, but, uh, she was saying natural law says <laughs> I can never have a baby. But he said, wait just a minute. Let me show you another dimension. Let me reveal just a little bit more. I am El Shaddai. I am the God who creates and reserves the right to change my own edict when I please. And Sarah, who'd been through the change, got changed back the other way. You didn't hear what I said. I said, didn't she? I said, didn't she? And that's how your back got healed. And that's how the cancer went. Woo! Woo! Because we're not bound to time equals one millionth of a billionth of a billionth of a billionth before it began. We know the God that began it was before it was. Will be when it's gone. That same word, Jehovah Barah, is used in the final chapter of the declaration of the end time, where your Bible says, and he creates a new heaven and a new earth. What is that going to be like? Amen. My time's gone. I got through one inch of four pages for you tonight. I... I want you to have something to hang your faith on. I want something that's good when the Hammond B3's not screaming and the preacher's not shucking. Woo! Ah, don't you feel it? Am I crazy? It's that life that's in you right now, Pastor.
Pastor Tim. It's that life. It's that breath. Ooh. Ooh. It's all over the room right now. Ask him what you will on this great day of atonement. Hallelujah. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Hallelujah. Frame your world, Lord God. You're not finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll give him praise and give him glory for a minute. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah. You can be seated. God set his timepiece by the heavens. Preachers like to show off their genuine cubic zirconia diamond embezzled watch. If you want to see God's timepiece when you go out these doors tonight, just look up. And there it is. And he set three alarms. He set three alarms. He said three times a year, I want you to have a party and I want you to celebrate. Passover. First fruits, unleavened bread, Passover. Three feasts, one season. 50 days later, Pentecost, very quickly, very rapidly. But then a long pause until the fall of the year. And when you get there, the whole thing, the season is called tabernacles. It's 21 days. And the three feasts are first of all trumpets. Rosh Hashanah, the head of the year. God sets his watch again for you. In fact, your Bible says that he has a book and that he gives us 10 days of all for repentance, for consecration, for dedication, for examination. Because at the end of those 10 days, he opens that book. And in that moment, he sets your course for the entire next year today. <laughs> That's freaky, isn't it? I said he sets the course for the rest of the year by what he sees when he opens that book today. I told somebody earlier today, I said, I said, I don't know what's wrong around here. Seems like everybody decided to leave their brain at home today. And then it hit me. Oh, oh, it's the final day of 10 days of all. It's 
It's not the end of tabernacles. Tabernacles without exception, in my humble, informed opinion, which begins with the Feast of Trumpets, never has been fulfilled historically, as Passover and Pentecost have. I do believe that the Lord Jesus will return for his church some year during tabernacles. I firmly believe it. You say, well, no man knows the day or the hour. I know exactly when Jesus is coming. If you don't believe me, get my sermon on it. He's coming in an hour you think not. That's exactly when he's coming. But I believe the Bible firmly teaches that he will return in the rapture, not the second coming. That's seven years later. In the rapture at the time, the season of tabernacles. Today, after 10 days of all, we celebrate the highest holy day on God's celestial, celestial calendar, atonement, Yom Kippur. Now you say those are the feasts of Israel, that's wrong. God calls them his feasts. You say, well, they were for the old economy, the old testament, the old covenant, wrong. We are commanded to keep the feasts by Paul in the new covenant throughout time. These are God's feasts. So he says, we're going to have a party and I'm going, you have to understand now, I'm going, get the teaching from last week, I'm going to draw nearer to you than at any other time. In actuality, he can't draw nearer to you, but rather make access more open to you. Why? Because if he came, he'd have to come from somewhere. And he can't come from somewhere because he's everywhere. So what he's saying is, as your obedience, because his miracles manifested by what he does when you obey, your obedience, your desire, your humility, your humbling yourself, your repenting for the last 10 days causes him to open that book, look at the blood of Jesus Christ, and say, I'm about to bless you. Because all of this bad stuff happens during this time of year because the devil knows the season. And he, he doesn't know if Jesus is coming or not, but he knows if he comes, it's gonna be in this season. And so he does everything he can do to distract you. Everything he can do to get you riled up. Everything he can do to get you to lose faith. Everything he can do to get you to stay home. That's what he does. Because you're made the image of God. The image of, a reflection of God. So. So he gets angry and God said, well, I'll trump that. I'll, I'll, I'll go further with my action than your reaction. You think I'm coming, so you doing all this stuff. Well, I may just give you a good point guard fake and not come. And if I don't, because of what you've done, in the earth during that period, I pronounce a double portion blessing on every single person that names my name. 
Seven of them. Watch this. Give me seven of them. Go. Hurry up. I'm just going to go through them. Go. Go. God promises you a double portion. I was going to teach every one of these, but uh, a double portion financial breakthrough if Jesus doesn't come because of the attack that the enemy has brought against you. And if you come Sunday morning, I'll tell you where evil came from. Somebody said, well, it was the devil. No, don't have anything to do with the devil. Well, evil doesn't have anything to do with the Sunday morning. Come on in. Say, I lay hold on my double portion financial blessing because that devil is a liar. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. I receive my double portion financial breakthrough. Second, restoration. If you've had something stolen or you lost something or there's something in that book that you haven't laid your hand on yet, get to shouting right now, Iris. I receive. Come on, you need to be a world-class receiver. Say it, I receive. Restoration in my mind, in my body, in my finances, in my family in my church, in my nation, in my neighborhood. I receive restoration. I, I hear you, Lord. I believe the Lord wants you to believe right now. Right now. I'm wanting to say in the next three months, but the Holy Ghost, I believe with all my heart, is saying before the end of tabernacles, you're going to witness with your eyes the greatest miracle you've ever seen. I, I'm not. If you get a witness, just shout and dance and clap, run and wave and spin. Stop waiting on it. All you're doing in time is catching up with whatever already he purposed. Right, 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 right. I dare you to get the shop and it's done, it's done, it's done, it's done. God's in your future looking back at your past and declaring from Calvary tonight, it is finished. Something is already done, it's finished that you got to start with a praise. Next. Keep shouting, next. It should say presence. That's what it should say. Say presence. Presence. I speak over you now. Woo! Remember, when yod hey wah hey speaks everything in the natural has to obey right, right, he right, created right. he created it 
I command in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ yes, yes, yes. the greatest manifestation of his presence on your life. You, I command a seven times greater anointing, a seven times greater revelation of God and his son, the Lord Jesus, and the Holy Spirit than you have ever had. I declare and decree seven times greater acceptance and favor yes, yes, and yes. ability and wisdom already got that one. Should have been the greatest praise right then of all the others together. The apex of all Christian endeavor. The apex of everything God does in your life. The apex of every church service. The apex of every song. The apex of every prayer. The apex of every youth group. The apex of every ministry has to become to place the jewel of a soul in the crown of our Savior. I dare you to lose your natural mind in celebration over your family. Your homosexual son coming to Christ. Your lesbian cousin coming to Christ. Your drunken uncle coming to Christ. Your backslidden spouse coming to Christ. Deliver us from evil. 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 We don't want pornography. Deliver us from evil. We don't want hateful spirits. Deliver us from evil. We don't want depression. Deliver us from evil. This is not Satan's month. This is God's month. You need to shout a minute for victory over evil. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.